Well, hello there, wonderful teachers. I want to invite you to an event we're doing this summer. It's in Cincinnati, Ohio, so you have to be able to make it there, but it might be worth traveling for if you're able to. It's happening on July 20th and 21st, so that's over a weekend, and it's going to be the best two days for teachers. We're going to have a ton of fun. We're going to learn a lot about pedagogy and creative teaching and business. We have two fabulous guest speakers and we're even going to finish with an optional Kaylee. That's an Irish dancing party. So I hope you'll be able to join me. Just go to vibrantmusicteaching.com slash turbo that's dot com slash t-u-r-b-o 24 the numbers two four. I hope you'll check it out view all the details there and I hope to see you in Cincinnati in July. On with the episode. Vibrant, vibrant, vibrant music teaching. Proven and practical tips, strategies, and ideas for music teachers. You're listening to the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I'm Nicola Canton, and in this episode, we're looking at the things I believe all adult piano beginners need to hear. Have you worked with many adult students? I've worked with quite a few by now, and I've come across a few things that I think if they knew these things, we would progress so much better. What are the things that you wish your adult piano students would know before they started or as they go through their musical journey? For me, it comes back to a few limiting beliefs, things that hold them back or ideas that they have in the back of their mind around piano lessons and how they work, that if they just didn't believe these things, or if they just altered their thinking, it would change the whole game for them. These are things that they wouldn't even articulate to me, so they're not things that they would say to me directly in general, they're things that are in the back of their mind. Beliefs that they don't even know that they have. Do you have any idea what I'm talking about yet? Okay, I'm going to go through five of these. I hope as I go through them that you can think about adult students that you've had. Maybe think about adult students that you've lost and which one of these might have been the issue behind why they didn't continue lessons. Not that every student needs to continue forever, but we do want students to continue for the long term in order that they can make progress and achieve what they want to achieve with piano lessons, as well as to make our studios more efficient. So as I work through these ideas, these five things, keep that in mind. Think about which one you might have seen in your adult students. Here we go with the first one. The first thing I want adult students to know is that I do not care if they don't practice. Sacrilege, right? But it's true. I don't care. I don't want apologies. I don't want excuses. I don't care. And it's not, I do care because I care if they make progress, but I don't mind. I'm not going to be angry at you. There's no guilt trip from me and there's no apology necessary. Now, many of you may disagree with that. You may think, well, actually, I am pretty put out when they don't practice because they're not holding up their end of the bargain. And that's kind of true, right? You've made plans and you can't then proceed with those plans because they're not practicing. But here's the thing about them feeling sorry for not practicing. 
It makes them stressed out to come to the lesson with you because they're aware that you expected them to do something and they didn't do it. For whatever reason, it wasn't done. So they're going to be stressed or they're going to feel anxious about how you're going to react to that. They're going to feel guilty that they didn't hold up their end of the bargain. They're going to be more likely to cancel that lesson, make their excuse, and just not show up. That happens a lot. And the reason is actually that they didn't practice that week. And the more they do that, the more tempted they're going to be to quit. Here's the thing about all that, though. It's going to make them less likely to practice. If they consistently feel stressed and anxious and guilty about not practicing, those are emotions that they're going to associate with their piano lessons. And if piano to you means feeling anxious and stressed and worried and nervous and guilty, do you think of it as a positive thing that you want to do? Do you get home from your long hours in work and think, oh, I'll just sit down and practice the piano? Are you excited to do it? No. Because someone has made you feel, or you've made yourself feel, so stressed around that hobby that it's not a hobby anymore. It's an obligation. And that does not lead to effective practice or any practice at all. And like I said, it tends to lead to quitting eventually because you realize, well, I'm not getting anywhere and I know it's my fault because I don't practice. And it's just this spiral that goes on and on. So I want my adult students to know that I don't mind if you don't practice. If you show up and you haven't done what you wanted to do that week, I'm just going to take what comes to me. You arrive the way you are and we'll work together and we'll have a good lesson. That's my aim, that we have a good experience every week, no matter what you put in in between. Do you have any adult students that you think had that in their mind that feel guilty around practice? Okay, what about this next one? You're just as spongy as a child. This idea that children are sponges and they just soak it up and it's so much easier for them to learn music. Some of it is true, right? Our brains are different when we're kids. I'm not trying to deny that. But the thing is, adults overestimate this. They think that because they're not a child, everything is so much harder for them and that is the root of many of their struggles. And it's not. Most of the root of their struggles, most of where it comes from, is from their ideas around it being easier for kids. So it's not the sponginess, it's the concept of the sponginess. They're thinking, oh gosh, I wish I learned when I was a kiddo. Those kids have it so easy. I wish we'd had the funds when I was a child. I wish my mom hadn't let me quit because they just soak it up. That's just rose-colored glasses. That's not reality. We know that. We see kids every day who are working hard or struggling, trying to figure stuff out, practicing things over and over until they get it. It's easier for kids to get perspective on this and they need less of it. So if you have a 10-year-old and they're playing some intermediate repertoire, something that sounds fairly impressive, The adult student looks at them and they see a 10-year-old, right? So they see these little fingers and (laughs) this little frame who's already doing this. And it looks like, oh, they've just had it so easy. They've just absorbed all of it and it's been no issue to them. 
But as I always say to my adult students, that 10-year-old you're seeing, for the most part, in most cases, they've been learning for at least five years to get to that stage at age 10. Have you been learning for five years? I say to the adult student. I don't say it like that. But that's what I want to say. If you've been learning for five months and you're looking at someone who's been learning for five years, that is not a fair comparison. They may be a child, but they have put in a lot of time that you haven't put in. So that 10-year-old who's playing Chopin, it's because they've been studying all that time and practicing consistently, probably. The other thing about that perspective, though, is that kids do need less of it. Because a young student, the little kid who looks at that 10-year-old, First of all, they see someone who's more advanced than them in years, and that's easier to take. You think, oh, well, they're ahead of me, because it feels natural that they are. But also, kids, as I've witnessed, think less about that. They don't really compare themselves to other people the way adults do. That's something that comes to us as teenagers. The little kid who looks at the 10-year-old says, oh, that's cool. I can play something cool too. (laughs) And they play their own favorite beat. And they don't really notice the difference between their awesome piece and the 10-year-old's awesome piece. They know it's more advanced, they know it's a while ahead of them, and they might be inspired by that, but mostly they're just not really paying attention to it. They're just focused on their own little game. And that's what adults need to do more of. Look at their own playing. Look at how far they have come. Look at what they're able to do in that moment, not what's all around them. They need to know that it's hard for everyone. It's hard for kids too. It's just that they're not aware how hard it is and they can't really see the road ahead of them to the same degree that adult students can. The next thing that I want my adult students to know is that it won't be perfect. What a terrible word, perfect. And a lot of adult students would immediately agree with me on that. Oh, I'm not expecting perfection, they would say but they kind of are at the same time. And I think a big part of the reason is recordings. If you've been listening to music, recorded music for your whole life, you have a certain idea of what music should sound like when you're able to play, quote unquote. If you expect your performance to sound like a CD, like Spotify, you are setting yourself up for disappointment. Even the people playing on Spotify do not sound like they sound on Spotify, unless it's a live recording. Those recordings have been spliced together. No one plays like that. It's not accurate. So they set themselves up with this idea in their mind. They don't even set themselves up. It it is there. It's underneath everything. Is this idea of what music should sound like. And even the CDs that come along with books that they're learning from Repertoire collections will often have CDs, and those performances, you know, they are pretty close to perfect. But that's not what we're aiming for. And there is no such thing, of course. The other thing is that there's no such thing as consistent perfection. And this is really what I mean by it won't be perfect. Adult students tend to have this idea, beginners, that there's some point at which you're able to play a piece with a guarantee that nothing will go wrong, that you won't make any mistakes. And that doesn't happen, does it? I mean, even if you... Okay, you'd have to give us a very, very beginner piece, us as teachers, for us to be able to say, there is no chance I will make a single mistake in this. 
Now, intermediate pieces, of course, we mostly play them correct, I would hope. And we might even play them perfect, whatever that means, a lot of the time. But we wouldn't be able to say it'll be perfect 100% of the time for pieces even well below our level. And yet adult students expect this for their own pieces at their own level, their working level. It's not reality. They need to understand that it won't be perfect and that you have to take each performance, each playthrough, as it comes. Similarly, I want them to understand that there's no such thing as done. And I don't mean this for a piece, although that's true too. There's no such thing as done with piano. This is another one that they'll nod along to. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, there's always more to learn. Yeah, yeah. But they have this idea in their mind, I can tell, that there is some point at which you feel like you can play. And if you're only going to define it that way, then there's never you're never going to reach that goal. That's not a goal. That's just wishy-washy. We can say that a beginner who can play hot cross buns is playing piano because they can. They can play that piece. And so they can play piano. There will also be pieces that I or you or anyone, Lang Lang, cannot play, right? It is possible to write something unplayable for everyone. So there's no one who can play everything ever written ever. So where does it stop? There's always more to learn. There's always a new stage to get to. There is no such thing as done with piano. Being a piano player, being a pianist, means exploring for your whole life. That's what being a musician is more generally. You're going to keep learning forever. There's no point at which you're going to say to yourself, now I can play the piano. It's not like, you know, learning to cook pasta. At some point, you will be able to cook pasta. You know how to do it now. But piano playing is not a skill that we acquire in that way. It's more like learning to play chess. You're a chess player pretty fast, once you know the rules. (laughs) But... You could always learn a new way to play. A related lesson, probably the most important one, is that I want them to enjoy the journey. If there is no done, there is no end goal, then the goal is to enjoy the journey. That's the whole point. That's why they got into lessons, many of them. They'll say, oh yeah, I just want to work at it. I want to enjoy it. So actually enjoy it. Choose to stay in the moment. Stop focusing on the next thing, the next level, the piece the 10-year-old is playing. Focus on what you're doing right here, right now, and what you're able to play, and what you're working on playing better. Right now. The process is the whole point. And if you don't enjoy the practice, if you don't enjoy the process of learning, you won't enjoy any of it. There's nothing else left. The last lesson you may have thought would be the first lesson, and that is to slow down. How many of your adult students go too fast? Or your students in general? But I find it's even worse with adult students. And it's maybe worse because we as teachers feel like they should know better. Do you kind of feel like that? Well, you're an adult. You should be able to control yourself. What are you doing? Just slow down. Whereas a kid who's just taking off, we sort of say, ah, you know, they love playing fast, we'll we'll try and convince them. Adult, we feel like they should have more discipline, right? The thing is that playing slowly 
is actually hard. It's much harder. They think we want them to do it because it's easier, because it'll make the piece easier. It's not. It's not easier to play slowly. It's harder to play slowly. And that's why we want them to do it, because you learn through the difficulty. But it's hard. They need so many prerequisites to be able to play slowly. They need, first of all, to believe that they can learn the piece. That's a big one for adults. So if they don't think that they're ever going to master it, then practicing slowly, putting in that discipline, it's really hard to make that feel worth it. Because they feel a bit fatalistic about it, like, ah, well, it's never going to be good anyway. So I'll just bash it. <laughs> but they have to practice slowly, or they won't get to a place where they can play it well. And they definitely can play it well because we've given them an appropriate challenge. That's a lesson they need to learn over time, though. They also need to learn that appreciation for the practice process and the joy in the journey. They need to learn that working at something, that is the fun. That's the joy, not the mastery. You have to enjoy the slow practice. You also have to have a certain technical skill to be able to do that. You have to understand your own movements. A lot of adult students, when they slow down, they'll introduce tension into their playing, and it's because they don't understand the mechanics. So the technique of playing slowly is important. And finally, and this is the one I didn't realize until more recently, in recent years, is that adult amateurs, they usually don't have a flexible oral image of their piece, or mental sound of their piece, if you want to say it that way. What I mean by that is, when we hear a beautiful performance at full tempo of a piece, and then we hear it slower, we hear the same piece, essentially. But someone with less musical training, I really believe they do not hear the same piece. They can't hear the fast piece within the slow version. And that makes practicing slowly really tough. If you can't hear that, you can't extrapolate that and hear the melody within the slow version. You can't hear the correct rhythm even within the slow version. So that's something we need to work to help them cultivate. It's a lot to learn. So definitely try to be patient with your adult students. Encourage them that being playing slowly is not supposed to be easier. So that's not something that's a surprise to you that they're finding it hard. And know that they're not just ignoring your advice. They're trying to do it a lot of the time, but it's just hard. So those are the five statements that I wish my adult piano beginners would listen to me when I say and would really hear and internalize. What are the things you wish your adult students knew, understood? Let us know in the comments on the post. If you're listening elsewhere, you can find the post that goes along with this show at colourfulkeys.ie slash blog or colourfulkeys.com and that's colourful with, key, colourful with two U's because I'm in Ireland so it's the UK spelling and you can also find me on all the social media so if you want to let me know over there I would love to hear from you. That's it for this week. Catch you next time. One of the awesome benefits for Vibrant Music Teaching members is that they get an exclusive member magazine every month. This magazine brings together our blog articles in a way that is digestible and super actionable. If you want to become a member and get the magazine as well as all the other benefits, you can go to vmt.ninja to sign up.
Thanks for listening to this episode of the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I hope you loved it and I wanted to pop on here one more time to remind you about our event. It's happening in Cincinnati this July and you can get all the details at vibrantmusicteaching.com slash turbo. See you there.